on today. We're keeping our eye on it. It's a guy named <clears throat> a man called McGuire. He's the, the director of national intelligence, Jack. Well, acting. So Coates left, and they asked him to do this, and he, he I just saw him on CNN a little bit ago saying, I didn't want to do this. I had no interest in getting involved in this job, but the president asked me, and I thought, yeah, I can do it for a couple of weeks until you find a regular guy. Another climber. I had, mm. I had no I, interest in being involved in this sort of thing. Right. He was a Navy SEAL for 35 years, which is pretty impressive. Um, but, uh, well, well, we'll, we'll play this little clip. He's being asked all kinds of questions. A lot of stuff that has been in the news. How much were you pressured by the white house to hide this whistleblower complaint or out the whistleblower to intimidate him? How many times did you threaten to resign before they allowed you to bring forward this whistleblower complaint? All those kind of questions. Here we go. The white house did not, did not direct me to withhold the information Neither did the Office of Legal Counsel. That uh, opinion has been unclassified and has been disseminated. The question came down to urgent concern, which is a legal definition. It doesn't mean is it important, is it timely. Urgent concern met the certain criteria that we've discussed several times here. So it did not. And all that did, sir, was then just take away the seven days. Now. As I said before, just because it was not forwarded to this committee does not mean that it went unanswered. The ICIG and the Justice Department referred it to the Federal Bureau of Investigation for investigation. So this is not the, and that was working while I was endeavoring to get the um, executive privilege concerns addressed so that it can then be forwarded. It was not stonewalling. I didn't receive direction from anybody. I was just trying to work through the process and the law the way it is written. I have to comply with the way the law is, not the way some people would like it to be. And if I could do otherwise, it would have been much more convenient for me, Congressman. And as he said at another point in the in the testimony today, he, he never threatened to resign. Um, so you may and the Congress may decide that Trump did threaten a foreign leader in a way that's uncool, and he should be impeached and all that. But the narrative of the story that they tried to hire the whistleblower complaint, or this guy did, or, or they threatened his job, or the whistleblower, none of that is true. None of that happened. And the millions, hundreds of thousands of Americans who watch the cable news shows and the rest uh, will walk around for the rest of their lives, though, believing the first narrative. Because and what are you going to do? What are you going to do? It's frustrating to me. I ought to get over it. Um, but it's it's incredible amount of disingenuousness, well, lies that are flying around. I get, what I don't I don't really do I I don't even really want to talk about this more. But I just yeah, think no. it, in terms of strategy, if I'm a Democrat, I'm saying to the Washington Post, don't get any more stories wrong. And 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 if I'm Adam Schiff, don't focus on this stuff that's not true. Focus on the real stuff. Focus on the stuff that's actually in the transcript that got released yesterday. Mm-hmm. The stuff where you got a little wind at your back and you could actually pull something off and change some people's minds. Yeah. If you, uh, the more narratives you lay out that turn out not to be true, <laughs> then nobody believes the real stuff. How do they not get that? Well, I think at this he point, is not a long ball hitter. I think trying to convince Adam Schiff of that would be a lot like pres- uh, convincing Donald Trump to lay off the Twitter and. And and wait before he says things. You just you're you're asking a cow not to moo. Schiff is just so completely full of crap. If Got I the were... smallest thinnest neck I've ever seen. You know, I don't think the neck is really the operative <laughs> detail here, Mr. President. If I were on that side and I'm not, I'd get everybody in a huddle and say, 
We've got all we need. Let's not try to get more. What about the emoluments clause? Let's not try to get more at the risk of having it turn out not to be true, and then it makes it all look bad. We've got all we need. Let's just stick with that. That's what I would say. I still think he's a Russian agent. (laughs) It's also very strange to me that in these hearings today, almost all of the Democrats' line of questioning have to do with the procedures and the timeline of when the report was filed and when we got it, as opposed to what is in the report. I think it's because they believe the Washington Post stories that have been out there all week long, that this guy was threatened and was going to resign and all that crap that just didn't turn out to be true. Yeah, and and part of that is for good reason. If Dick Nixon had hired some halfwits who decided to break into an office, and he said, yeah, i got to do better hiring. These guys are idiots. I am so <laughs> sorry. Let me pay for the damage to the locks. It would have been over. So the Democrats are trying to hunt for the big cover-up. Mm-hmm. And to the whistleblower complaint, which I have in front of me carefully highlighted, um, there is some element of cover-up to it in that as soon as the original uh, highly discussed conversation with the Ukrainian president was done, all of the intelligence people and aides looked at each other and said, did he just kind of make working with the U.S. conditional on bringing Joe Biden down? Uh, That's kind of what I heard. Oh, God, no. Oh, boy. And then they said, what do we do with this? And it was decided, well, why don't we put the records for this call on the super top secret server where, like, covert operations go? And then nobody will see it, and we'll just move on. That's the specific cover-up allegation in the whistleblower complaint. And he says he has that from multiple uh, White House officials. Um, then you, you got the original call, and then you have old Rudy Giuliani running around telling people, yeah, if you want any help from the U.S., you got to get to the bottom of Hillary's server and the Joe Biden stuff. So if you're just tuning in, that's the long and short of the accusation. Long-term pressure by multiple people to, you know, it's uh, funny, and Nancy Pelosi and the mainstream media, which lap at her boot heels, are are uh, describing, and actually the whistleblower describes it as soliciting interference from a foreign country in the 2020 U.S. election. Listen, I've been a student of Donald Trump's psyche for a long time. Donald Trump thinks Joe Biden was mean to him and is mean to him, so now he wants to be mean to Joe Biden. It's very third grady. <laughs> Joe Biden is a dummy. Because explain to me, if it's all about soliciting interference from a foreign country in the 2020 U.S. election. Why is the first thing Trump talks about at length Hillary's friggin' server? I don't know. It's because they were mean to him, and now he wants to be mean to them. So anyway, as I said earlier, it's Trump being Trump. Now, if you think that's impeachable, great. I suppose we'll have a vote. Uh, House of Representatives, polls of people, whatever. I just, I so wish we were a few more months down the line. We could just have an election. If you think the guy's unfit to be president because he acts like a moron, vote against him. And there are now 220 members of Congress on board with uh, voting for some sort of impeachment. And uh, that's a majority. So we'll see where it goes from here. We'll vote then. Um, Got this email. Hey, idiots, the bird population isn't dying off because of Cass. It's because of Fukushima. That would be the Japanese nuke plant that melted down. Or Is there any truth to that? In the uh, the wake of the tsunami. Well, we haven't narrowed down to either Cats or Fukushima. So that is progress. 
But thank you for the contribution, and thank you for observing the rule of the Internet that you must be harsh and insulting to share your opinion. It's the only way to get through. You didn't hear this story yesterday because the guy's not a TV star. We only care if you're a TV star, but a businessman got four months for bribing his son into USC. I, I still don't quite get that. I don't know how I feel about these uh, these anymore. I mean, I'm, it certainly doesn't bother me, really, that some rich guy who got his uh, privileged kid into USC is going to spend some time in jail. I'm not worried about it. But having now found out with the New York Times article from a week or so ago that the Ivy League colleges... The first thing they look at is how much money you have. Oh, yeah. It's not all this other stuff about diversity and how hard you worked and the time spent with charities. No, it's can you afford to pay the full ride? That's what they're looking at. And so, is your daddy going to support the boosters? Yeah, so if if the whole thing is based on who the richest people get in anyway, right. the fact that some people were kind of leaping past that to a bribe, how sh- well, I've, I wasn't shocked when I first heard about right. this, and I'm not shocked now that it's the rich kids that get into the good colleges. No way! It is so gambling in Casablanca. I am shocked. But so this guy's going to jail for four months. He's probably thinking, what? My dad did this for me? All my friends got into college this way? Right. All my kids' friends got into college this way? Right. You're sending me to prison for four months? What are you talking about? <laughs> but I don't know. It's kind of like, I think, when they bust hookers every now and then to try to pretend that prostitution's illegal. Hooker busters. Do you hear about the uh, young Iowa man who held up the I want beer money sign and ended up getting zillions of dollars and donated it to charity? It's a beautiful thing. Well, he's been Ken Boned. Oh, boy. And then the guy who Ken Boned him got Ken Boned. Oh, I want to hear this. And there's a whole lot of boning going on. <laughs> this is the perfect emblem for our times. It is. You hear the story, you're going to want to move to the woods with me. <laughs> That's next. Armstrong and Getty. Best and oldest friends yesterday who was in town. Were you listening to Joe Getty and the Dead Flowers? Oh, this is Joe Getty and the Dead Flowers. Well, you I are think right it now. Is. I think it is. It is. Available anyway, where albums you're... are sold. Right. Whatever an album is at this garage yes. sales. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> anyway, you were saying there you were with your old friend. Well, my best and oldest friends hanging out with my boys. We went to uh, IHOP. They had a really good time. I remember that as a kid. Something about. Globalists. Something about your dad's friend. That was pretty good, Sean. You want <laughs> now? Shut up. You. I remember as a kid wanting to know or meet or like or be liked by my dad's old friends. Yes, it's just something that's well, it's tribalism. That's what it is. Yeah, I suppose it's trying to fit in with the group of this is our group. Yeah, but man, when I think about that type of tribalism, it's with such fond memories. Yeah. No, no, no. Oh, my God. Getting the idea that my uncles liked me? Oh, yeah. Tribalism is not a bad word. No. That's definitely not a bad word. Um, uh, No, anyway, so we had a really good time. We went to IHOP, and they're hanging out. But my my buddy said to me, he said, you know, I haven't listened to you guys. uh, I listen to you guys a lot, but then, like, I didn't listen for, like, two weeks, and I realized I was so much calmer and happier. I thought, oh, thanks. That is not. You realize this is on the air, don't you? Right now, <laughs> I thought that is not what we want to do. No, indeed. Is uh, well, this story ain't going to help. 
Uh, you got to hear it, though. Okay. It's such a beautiful emblem of the modern world. But no, I want to talk to you more about that off the air because I agree completely. I just off I, the air, Jack. I don't want <laughs> to be the, air, the dog. <laughs> Again, the operative thought being off the. Um, <laughs> I don't want to be the dog that's wagged by the tail of the just freaking fever pitch, unwise, dishonest media and our Congress dopes. I just, I, I don't, I am not their tool. Yeah, I, I, I get that and agree. And then I, I was I'm thinking a tool that of the Bilderberg Group. Everybody knows that. I was thinking that last night, and I thought, well, it is close to an impeachment of a president, which is a big deal. I mean, you can't say that's a nothing. So I don't know. Well, it's a question of how we approach yeah. it, but you know, these are uh, troubled times. Carson King. 24-year-old young man received overnight fame last week through a viral video of him holding a sign soliciting beer money through his Venmo account. He was uh, ESPN was doing their college pregame thing, and he was in there waving a sign saying, send beer money to my Venmo account. And everybody well, thought, oh, that'd be funny. I'm going to send him a dollar. Right. And, and he ended up getting many, many, many dollars. And then he announced, look, I just need a little money for beer. I'm going to give this money to the University of Iowa's uh, Stead Children's Hospital. Well, that's very nice. That's a nice thing for a drunk college kid to do. He's a yeah. good kid, apparently. Could have thrown a giant party. Anheuser, my move. Anheuser Bush, which has helped me forget my problems many times, <laughs> said, "Hey, that really is a cool story. Plus, we're a corporate giant. We need good PR. We're kicking in too." And the number quickly got over a million dollars. Oh wow! Well, that's awesome. As it's a good story. The end. It really is. Isn't that great, everybody? Enjoy your day. How about you play the scary music? Do <laughs> you have that handy? Enjoy your day. But then the modern world had to do what it does. And as part of his new fame, the Des Moines Register, I'm quoting now from John Gage in the Washington Examiner. As part of his new fame, the Des Moines Register decided to write a profile of him, which included what they said was a routine background check. Reporter, intrepid reporter, Aaron Calvin, dug through King's old tweets and found two from eight years ago when he was a 16-year-old boy in which he repeated jokes from a comedy show by Daniel Tosh. This is not even stuff he said originally. The tweets, which King deleted, the register did not publish in full, were jokes about black people getting killed in the Holocaust and another comparing black mothers to gorillas. Now, Daniel Tosh made those jokes? Well, again, wow. you characterize a joke. Oh, that's true. You that's true. might be getting an idea of the joke, or you're probably not. Anyway, so having uncovered these secondhand jokes of a child, Anheuser-Busch, which had planned to partner with King, then announced they'd have no further association <sighs> with him. Wow. King then held a press conference to give an apology before the newspaper's article was published. Sorry about the things I repeated because I thought they were funny as a child. The paper faced immediate backlash for causing the canceling of the Anheuser-Busch partnership with King, which was for the sick kids! Wait a minute, there are more lashes. Uh, let's see, and there, there are people in crazy with anger on Twitter. Of course, they woke up crazy what with anger. But, but I appreciate their, you know, I appreciate their spirit. Uh, let's see. I'm sorry, I got to sk- skip past a bunch of tweets. 
Then national reporters and activists, furious at the Iowa Register, or the Des Moines Register, rather, over exposing youthful indiscretions, went through the reporter's old tweets and found two N-bombs. Thank you, Michael. And then, so how does the math work on that? So then Heiser Bush is back in, or what? How does that work? (laughs) (laughs) So the reporter said too many of these N-word bitch made nowadays don't pardon my French. They'd rather give me the N-word please award. I'd rather have the I got a lot of cheese award. Tell it like Kanye, he said in another 2010 tweet. So both insensitive and clever. Um, so yeah, I, I, you know, Jack, you, you jumped wow. to the end, but I love your question. How does that math work now? Oh, do, the, do the sick kids get the money now? Anheuser Bush, I'm asking. I swear to God, I need a Budweiser right now. My head's going to explode. Our future, everybody, politicians, movie stars, everybody is going to have a social media backstory that's, that doesn't fly in today's politically incorrect world. That's going to be true for everybody in the future. So we're going to have to come up with a statute of limitations or something. Can we take off the hat and the buckled shoes and the all black and quit being such freaking Puritans, please? What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, we've got the acting intel director now telling Congress the whistleblower did the right thing. The legal battle against the West Coast bum explosion getting even hotter. We'll have an update on that for you, too. Ooh, compelling stuff. give you an overview of the hearing as it's going on right now before Marshall gets into some of the particulars. And you either believe our uh, overview or you don't. If you want to go watch it yourself, feel free to spend that, you know, several hours of your life that way. Nobody's going to do that. But see, you, you got- want to put your tongue in a pencil sharpener, go ahead and do that. <laughs> but you see, so you got this ramrod straight. Nobody's got anything bad to say about him in his life. Acting DNI director McGuire there up answering questions. And uh, he just—he's got that whole unimpeachable look and sound to him, and the Democrats and reputation over decades. And a lot of the Democrats are just haranguing him endlessly, trying to make him look like he's some sort of criminal part of a cover-up. Right. And I just don't think that that's going to play the right direction. Does that sound, Sean? You've actually been watching it. Every single one of them is is basing their line of questioning around. The time frame of the the releasing of information and when did we get documents compared to when did you get them? And practically none of it is what is in any of these documents. Right. And that just seems like such a missing of of what we should be doing in these hearings. Right. You're not going to make this guy look bad. He just doesn't. He's not the kind of guy that's going to look bad. They seem convinced that he is a pawn of the White House and he is somehow operating under the thumb of Trump. And I don't don't think they're convinced of that at all. They're cynics and they're trying to grandstand. But, um,. His answer over and over again is, no, we had to go through this, then we had to vet this, and the lawyers are arguing over this, so I've got to wait for their report. I mean, he is a studious and buttoned-up guy, and it's clear. It's just a question of, no, just because you want it today, and Joe Scarborough is howling that it must happen today, doesn't mean it's going to happen today. These things take a little time. Well, again, if I wanted impeachment, and I don't, but if I did, I'd use my five minutes to recount stuff from yesterday's transcript or the whistleblower thing that's out today and then ask a tangential question of this guy. Sure, sure. 
or and or once you're a couple hours into it and it's become infinitely clear what the one line of questioning is going to yield, you'd think maybe you'd move on. So I tweeted this, and if you're not following uh, Armstrong and Getty on Twitter, I, I I don't know what kind of life you're living. <laughs> but I tweeted this, and it seems to be getting a fair amount of love. Uh, No matter your politics in these times of bitter division, can we all agree that the grandstanding jackasses of Congress are an embarrassment to the nation? Who's with me? Everyone. Amen. (sighs) News now with Marshall Phillips. As you've been saying, the acting director of National Intel, Joseph McGuire, is defending his handling of that whistleblower complaint involving President Trump's phone call with the president of the Ukraine. I want to stress that I believe that the whistleblower and the inspector general have acted in good faith throughout. I have every reason to believe that they have done everything by the book and followed the law. That complaint was submitted to the Intel Community's Inspector General, and during the House hearing, McGuire said he followed, like the others, proper procedures in delaying submission of the IG report to Congress, which is required by law. The retired Navy officer insists that he is neither partisan nor political. Meanwhile, California Representative Jackie Speer asking McGuire, oh, Did boy. the President of the United States ask you to find out the identity of the whistleblower? I can say, I, although I would not normally discuss my conversations with the President, I can tell you emphatically, no. Has uh, anyone else within the White House or the Department of Justice asked you? No, Congresswoman. There I can go. tell you for a fact that was a full half-hour discussion on one of your MSNBC shows two nights ago. Right. On how the White House was pressuring him to uh, leak the name of the whistleblower, to blah, blah, blah. And that he was so beset and angry about that pressure that he threatened to resign. That was the headline in the Washington Post yesterday that he threatened to resign. Turns out he didn't, so that just wasn't true. Again, if I'm a Democrat, why don't you stick with the stuff that's out there and you know is true instead of making up other stuff? From what I know about this guy, and granted it's all from today, I had no uh, reading on this guy before this morning, but he doesn't seem like a guy who bends to pressure. No. No, oh, he's he a Navy not. SEAL for decades. Jackie Spear doesn't frighten him. <laughs> no. <laughs> or, or Trump, for that matter. Right. I, he's not a guy who's going to throw his whole life out the window because the president asked him to do something he thinks is illegal. He just doesn't seem like that kind of guy. Nope. The legal battle against a court ruling that local governments cannot punish people for sleeping on the streets if there are no available beds is indeed picking up more steam. Oh, thank goodness. One of the more idiotic decisions in the history of American jurisprudence. The Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals making that original decision in the case out of Boise, Idaho, a decision now affecting cities and counties all over the West. The latest to jump into the battle, the California State Association of Counties, filing a friend-of-the-court brief asking the Supreme Court to consider a hearing to appeal that ruling. Their brief, arguing it was ill-defined and unworkable, they gave a number of examples, including this one on how the ruling is tying the hands of local enforcement. After Sacramento, California sheriff's deputies cleared more than 65 people from a homeless camp in a publicly owned lot, off one of the city's major boulevards, the county got hit with a federal civil rights lawsuit based on the appeals court ruling. Do you hear that, rest of the country? Yeah, you that's how screwed a, up it is. Dozens of homeless people. Junkies and bums. Out of the way so you can live your life and you, you get hit with a suit. Um, Wall Street Journal this week from their editorial board, California's hobo paradise. Homelessness explodes, but the state's liberals are in denial. According to the Wall Street Journal, California now has half 
of the nation's homeless population. Yeah. It's absolutely incredible. Well, we're half the states of the country, right? So that makes sense. <laughs> well, even if you so, were to go by population, that's still wildly out of proportion. The unsheltered population, which I like as a term better than homeless, because homeless, junkies. homeless puts a term in people's minds. Right. Um, or, 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 or a view in people's minds. Uh, the homeless population in California jumped twenty percent in the last three years, compared to five percent for the rest of the the rest of the country. And then the Wall Street Journal editorial board goes through how the Democrats can't blame climate. Orlando has the same temperature. Goes through all the various places that have the same temperature or actually better weather than San Francisco. Don't have the homeless po- po- problem. It's policy. Right. It's not climate. It's not the price of housing. If it was the price of housing, the homeless pe- people would go be going to the cheaper part. Of the country, not right. the more expensive parts of the country. Well, and it's it's just as clear as it needs to be that San Francisco is not an island. It's on a peninsula. And if you go just across the street that defines San, uh, San Francisco County from the right. next county, right. everything changes. Mm-hmm. That's all you need to know. Um, but it was an idiotic ruling. Blah, blah, blah. Did anybody bring up the Joe Getty doctrine of this idiotic ruling? I, that I, you can't clear away yes. the junkies oh. and their needles and their crap, literally, and their disease and their garbage and their rats, unless you have a bed for as many as there are homeless. What if three more junkies move to town? You got to have three more beds? How are you supposed to figure that out? If you have some dangerous, crazy junkie menacing school children on the sidewalk, right? You can't boot them out or arrest them or whatever until you prove you have a bed for everybody. Well, wouldn't you have to have a hearing with a full inquiry for every single arrest? Because you don't know what's changed since yesterday's hearing. Maybe five more junkies uh, came to town, or enough junkies peed on the mattresses that you have five fewer beds. Or what? Wouldn't you have to have an entire inquiry for every arrest? This is perhaps the world's stupidest judicial ruling, and that was the Joe Getty doctrine. And eventually, the Supreme Court's going to say, "Yo, what?" And it's going to be like eight to one. They overturn that, right? Softball player probably go the wrong way, but she always does. At your news, I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Oh, Squawky, what have we done to the republic? Another That's thing. our bald eagle, if you're new to the show. Oh, yeah. Squawky the bald eagle, we keep him chained in the control room to symbolize freedom. Another Barbaric! Thing, another thing the Wall Street Journal says about California's hobo paradise. California's poverty rate is near a record low, yet its unsheltered population has jumped 20%. So a lot of the, the reasons you would throw out for why there's so many homeless people is just today. Well, they don't pan out. People who want help, I'm fine with helping. People who've been beset by terrible luck, but they're good, honest, hardworking people, let's help them out. Absolutely. That's why I object to the term the homeless. Because what we're talking about 95% of the time is junkies and bums. The first couple of groups I mentioned, they're never a problem. They're good folks. They On tough times, they're trying to figure out their lives. Maybe God wasn't kind to them in terms of intelligence or psychology or whatever. Yeah. Those people are almost never the ones we're talking about. It's junkies and bums. We've made it effortless to be a junkie. So more people are doing it. All society, you know, read Adam Smith or, or you know, a number of the great writers who use fancier orders than me. They understand it's a question of incentives and disincentives, and we've removed so many of the disincentives for being an absolute reprobate. 
Move over Pizza Rat. Here's Nutella Squirrel. There's a new video out. I don't know if you've seen that one. Wow. Wow. Really a step up. <laughs> I mean, that's a clear <laughs> improvement. It's um, like the iPhone 11, kind of an improvement. No, <laughs> going from a pizza rat to a Nutella squirrel is a leap forward. And we now have uh, uh, a clear majority of um, people in the House that are willing to sign on to impeachment, it looks like, of Democrats. You're up to 220. Uh, so where now, that goes from there, I don't know. Now, if you can get me a pudding monkey, we could make millions. <laughs> millions! <laughs> Department of New York just announced that they have over 100 women in their fire department now, which is great. But for safety reasons, the men still drive the truck. <laughs> hey, relax. A chick wrote that one. One of our chick writers wrote that. <laughs> I was reading. I missed the setup. Ah, uh, play it again for Joe Getty. The fire department of New York just announced that they have over 100 women in their oh, fire department okay. now, which now is it's great. Funny. But for safety reasons, the men still drive the truck. <laughs> Wow. Hey. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> that is really, really funny. One of our uh, chick writers wrote that. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I don't get it. And this is uh, the the political correctness thing. But there are jokes like that that you make to your friends that are designed. That's funny because it's so politically incorrect. You don't mean it at all. Right. And there's there's no there's no, no. Often you mean the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You might be. Yeah. Really hardcore the other direction. You I'm going joke. to say something so outrageous. That something so apart from what you know, I believe, right. it will shock you That's and make why you it's laugh. Funny, not according to the humor police, Jack. <laughs> not according to the, the the Ken Boners of the world who will go into your Twitter feed and find a joke, then characterize it for you and describe it. It was a joke suggesting that women are of inferior driving ability and intelligence and should not be firefighters. All right. So I was walking through the lunchroom. Uh, they got the hearing on on CNN, and it's the head of the DNI, McGuire, being questioned by the Democrats and just saw a different Democrat really getting into his shorts of a variety of things, trying to make him the bad guy. That just seems like such a bad strategy to me. You're not going to uh, yeah. make him a bad guy. He's a good guy. But uh, anyway, that's where we are on that and any highlights we have. Got a couple of pet stories for you. First... Cats like people, according to studies. Despite uh, uh, their aloofness, cats are social creatures capable of relationships with people, according to a new study. I just find it hilarious that they had to do a scientific study to try to prove that cats give a damn whether you live or die. (laughs) Cats have a relationship with you the same way that you have a relationship with your can opener. (laughs) I know! And it's funny they have to do a study, as opposed to if you're a dog owner, dog lover, they they would be miserable if you went away. Yes. If you died, or cats, whatever. (laughs) Whatever. And we all know that, and that's why cats are superior, no offense to Sean. Um, Dogs, you mean? Dogs are superior. Again, no offense to Sean. Um, and then this dog story that I really wanted to mention. The guy who invented the Labradoodle says it is, is oh, it's his that. life's biggest regret. I opened a Pandora's <laughs> box and I released a Frankenstein monster, says Wally Canron, 
who developed the Labradoodle. A Frankenstein monster? It it led to the popularity of all these other different crossbreeding things that are so popular. Cockapoos, shipoos. I guess you live, you you crossbreed a shit zoo with a a poodle, but you leave the T out because it, well, it's a bad word, so you call it a shipoo. I don't. Or puggles. I put the T back in. Puggles. Is it all because they got cutesy damn names? Yes, it is. It's got more to do with the name. This 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 has been known, and uh, it's obvious. If you haven't seen a Pomeranian Husky, then you <laughs> got to see the cutest thing ever. It's got, a, it's got more to do with the name than anything else, and people who aren't fully engaged and involved in the what it is to be a pet owner. I say this to people all the time. I'm, I'm pro-pet, but you have to realize what you're getting into. You've yes. just made a... Six to fifteen year commitment, depending on the pet you got, dog or cat. That just made me claustrophobic. <laughs> that that is going to change your life. Maybe you want to do that. That's perfectly fine. But mm-hmm. realize what you're doing, right? Uh, before you get a dog, and don't get one just because Puggle's a cute name or Cockapoo's a cute name. And the guy regrets it because he said the biggest majority of them are either crazy or have hereditary problems. It's not a good. A thing to be crossbreeding all these animals this way. You know, I've come across that over and over again. Every time we bring it up, people angrily respond with emails saying, my dog is perfect. Well, and, you well, know, maybe yours is. That's fine. And, and, you know, it's funny, as we've said many times through the years, if this does not apply to you, it does not apply to you. But most of these dogs are nuts. Uh, so yeah, the guy was just trying to breed a dog that one of his clients wasn't allergic to as a guide dog. She was blind. And so he thought, oh, poodles don't shed. Why don't we, uh, let's give that a try. But yeah, they're psycho dogs. Oh, your dog may vary. I've got a dog that uh, that when I got it, everybody lectured me about what a mistake I'd made, and it's turned out to be the most docile, easygoing dog I've ever had in my life. I wish I, wish I could clone eight more of them for the rest of my uh, dog-owning years. Interesting. You just never know. Yeah, well, it's a question of percentages. Sure. You know, one out of uh, 10 million kids who decides they're going to be a professional basketball player becomes a professional basketball player. That doesn't mean it's not a bad idea I gotta or admi- an unlikely to work out idea. i got to admit the name Puggle is pretty damn cute. I'm practically seduced by it myself. Yeah. Labradoodle may be that's the best. The, that's oh. the sound of a pug sleeping right there. That's our own pug, my own pug. Oh, that's just charming. I could put up with that for one or two seconds. I walk in the door every day and I say, what's up, you no-faced fatty? It's <laughs> aggressive. Wow. Wow. Get a face, I say to him. Wow. That's it's a congenital condition. <laughs> for some on reason purpose. For some reason he likes me better than anybody else in the family. That's that's kind of the running joke. I say the mean things to him and he likes me the best. Is he a guy? He is a he. He is a he? Yes. Can you stop with the gendered language? <laughs> Even with dogs, I can't do that. Well, you know how it is with guys. They exchange insults they don't mean to show their friends. Mm-hmm. Please do not use gendered language to, to address everyone. So he says, what's up with you, you no-talent jackass? <laughs> and then the joke between my wife and I is because I'll walk into the room and I say, what's up, fatty? And my wife will say, don't talk to me like that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I'm not going there. Don't go there. <laughs> not a joke. <laughs> That's pretty good, Michael. You're really on the, uh, you're listening to the show today. Yeah. Thanks. Do we tip you for that or what? No CDs. I left my CDs at home. <laughs> you're, you're listening to the show today. He forgot his CD case. <laughs> All right. So very quickly, if you're coming to the show, uh, well, you're just tuning in. Uh, they're grandstanding like a bunch of 
just pieces of garbage on Capitol Hill trying to get this director of national intelligence to admit that there's some sort of uh, terrible cover-up going on, and he's part of it. He's, he's a totally buttoned-up guy. He's a by-the-book guy. It's just it's sad to watch. The whistleblower complaint, which we're going to get to eventually, we meaning Congress. Um, Is this afternoon, right? Uh, the actual whistleblower? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, the uh, Senate uh, Judiciary Committee is going to have a closed session because some of this stuff is classified. But the whistleblower has described an ongoing campaign to pressure Ukraine to look into Hillary's server. It's actually first on the list, but the Biden, Hunter Biden stuff. And that a number of intelligence officials found that call to the UK, Ukraine president so troubling and like out of line and Trump shouldn't have said what he said the way he did, that they buried it. They tried to hide it. Um, and, and, and that is the long and short of the whistleblower complaint. Um, the process of Adam Schiff and his uh, cabal of idiots trying to whip up fear and angst among the American people on that basis, I think, is going to be a little tough to take. It's it's not a good look for the president, honestly. It's really not Rudy Giuliani and the rest of it. But it's just it's all a little vague and Trump being Trumpy, in my opinion. Yeah, and we've got more on that coming up. Be uh, be careful going down the impeachment road, among other things, on the Armstrong and Getty Show. 